Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and I'm joined by my good friend, slash my co-host, Devin, alongside Mr. Michael Thomas from the Chatter After slash Collider slash Amateur Otaku Podcast. And today, we're going to be sharing our views and insights on the fifth episode of HBO's original series, The Last of Us, which is titled Endure and Survive. And before we begin today's episode, you can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter at Film Optics. That is optics with an X. Or you can email us at filmoptics at gmail.com for any movie-related question. Gentlemen, 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 how's everyone's week been? It's been insane, especially with this episode. So let's first welcome back Mr. Mike Thomas coming back to the channel once again. Thank you. It is an honor to be back. So happy that we get to do this early. Like, thank you, Rihanna, for forcing them to push this episode to Friday instead of Sunday. I can't wait to talk about it. This was an intense one for sure. Well said. (laughs) Is it better to be emotionally terrorized on a Friday night than a Sunday night? I guess. I think so. Get it out of the way. Yeah, get it out of the way. And then you kind of just... Yeah, you you go about your business. But uh, Mr. Devin, how have you been, buddy? I I jumped back into the Harry Potter world last night. Um, That was was fun. Uh, And then I watched this episode last night. That was a roller coaster. They gave us one week off. They gave us a one-week break from the emotional wreck that this this show causes. Yeah. Hey, we we all knew it was happening. We're we're all gamers here. So we were kind of just, you know, if, if you're playing the game again, as you're watching the show, it's like a double whammy, but yeah, it, it just hits different with, with television. You know, we're able to it hits so much harder. Yeah. Especially the way how, um, they adapt everything, which is insane. But Devin, yeah. for the listeners out there, what is your Hogwarts house in Hogwarts legacy? I mean, the best, the main character energy Gryffindor. Oh, I thought you were going to say Ravenclaw, but. Actually, I'm a Slytherin, so yeah, it is what it is. But <laughs> hey, it, literally since I've had like when it when Pottermore was a thing, now it's called like the WizardingWorld.com. The first thing you could do is get sorted into your house. You ask all those questions, and it came up as a Slytherin. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to embrace this. <laughs> I learned last night that um, that Rupert Grint is actually a Hufflepuff. He took the test and got Hufflepuff. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he, he really, really is. There's like a huge forum out there where people are building the case why Hermione Granger should have been a Ravenclaw outside of a Gryffindor. But I, I, um, I don't agree with that. But it is what it's a pretty, it's a pretty interesting case. Like people are using a lot of different, um, just a lot of different instances between Hermione in the books and then in the movies and whatnot. But yeah, um, it looks like, yeah, both of us are on the Harry Potter train. I rolled credits on Tomb Raider 2013 for the first time. Finally got getting around wow. to my backlog. I know. The Steam Deck is helping me get through my backlog. 
because I would like buy games on Steam and then something else would come out. I'm like, ooh, I want to play that. And I just never got around to the Tomb Raider games. But I rolled credits on Tomb Raider 2013. It was really good. I, I really enjoyed it. Great game. Great, great game. Definitely going to be going through the uh, the Tomb Raider trilogy there. But Hogwarts is a calling. <laughs> so I wanted to finish Tomb Raider before dropping into a Hogwarts Legacy. But as we have mentioned before, this is our episode five review of The Last of Us. Again, that is titled Endure and Survive. We're going to be getting into our initial reactions first and foremost, which is our non-spoiler section for all of you new listeners out there. Welcome to the show. Then we're going to get into our spoiler section and give a few um, Tilu trivia facts along the way. Some that we kind of just picked up or that some that we know from the differences from the games to the TV show. Then we're going to give our final thoughts and our ratings. And then we'll say our final goodbyes. So with all that out of the way, we'll be right back after this introduction to The Last of Us Episode 5. We are back with our The Last of Us Episode 5. Again, that is titled Endure and Survive. And you might be thinking why we're effectively getting two episodes, Episode 4 and Episode 5, within the same week. It is because of the Super Bowl. And I think this was a very nice touch that HBO decided to go with this decision. Not only moving it to... Uh, the Friday before the Super Bowl, but also keeping uh, in strict um, continuity with the timetable, which is not releasing episode five until 8 p.m. Eastern. No, 8 p.m. Central. Sorry, I'm Central Time. So I thought that was phenomenal. You know, they didn't pull the Netflix card where it's like, hey, you know, we're just going to release the episode at the crack of dawn. And then everyone's just going to be spoiling it all day. Like, I really appreciate how Netflix, or not Netflix, sorry. I really appreciate how HBO has uh, handled this all together. So we're going to get into our initial reactions here. I'm going to pass it over to Mike so he can give his initial reactions on episode five. Then we'll go to Devin and then myself. Yeah, well, like you just said, it was really awesome that they dropped this episode on Friday, right? Because, like, they could have released it on Monday or Tuesday after, but they gave it to us early, which was nice of them. Uh, this was an interesting watch for me because uh, I've mentioned it before, but I had to do the season review earlier. So this is the first episode where on my screeners it said visual effects are not complete. And so this was a vastly different experience watching it seeing how good the clickers and bloaters 
look in the in the final moments of this episode like the i'm not gonna spoil it we'll talk about that in, in spoiler moments but there's one that was actually really funny <laughs> um but yeah i i really loved this episode um because it handles henry and sam's story perfectly like i thought that we're gonna have to split that up into two different episodes right like with their introduction and then ultimately the conclusion of their story in like the next episode or next week but they were able to incorporate that with this hunter storyline with the sniper storyline and all that all that great stuff in one singular narrative which i think was really cool especially kathleen i thought she was a great addition you know we were kind of wondering where they were going to take her when they introduced her since she was an original character and i think for me this is what cements this is one of the best adaptations of all time right because they're able to take things from the game for the first few episodes, they were really following it one-to-one, but then episode three, they revamp Bill and Frank. And then in this episode, they take things that we know and add new elements original to the show to create an entirely new experience. And for me, I think it actually turned out better here than it did in the video game, which is astonishing. Oh, that is a very hot take. Okay. We'll dive into that here in a little bit, but Devin, yeah. What are your initial reactions to this week's episode? Yeah, that was my take after the first episode that I think they're doing it better than the game as far as the story goes. And it's looking good so far. My my prediction is definitely holding up five episodes in. This episode just kind of just kind of wrecks you emotionally. I've watched two videos on it um, since watching it last night. I watched the, the after show podcast with Troy Baker, which was an hour long. It's definitely a longer one because it's how important this episode is. And in both, and I also watched um, the new rock stars um, Easter egg breakdown on it. And um, in both of those videos, um, the hosts of them they just started to break down towards the end, like just the emotional toll that it takes when when they're talking about it. Troy Baker and um, Eric Voss just shows to the, just the moments that can hit in this in this show, and how important it is to just show that side of humanity and just. It just hits so different in the show, if, if you like. Because in, in the game, um, Sam and Henry was always a memorable moment, very obviously so, um, after you've seen what happens to them. Um, it's, it's heartbreaking, and they, they carry that forward into the show so beautifully. I think it was very interesting that they went with a, a deaf actor and made um, made Sam a deaf person in this in this show. I was listening to the podcast, the, um, the After Show podcast, and Craig Mazin mentioned that when they were trying to cast um, Sam, they had a very a very specific casting call, which was like an eight eight to twelve year old um, black deaf kid who knows ASL. So that's obviously a very hard thing to find because that's a lot of, of boxes to check. So he, apparently, he went to Twitter and just kind of asked just if anybody could play the role, and he got five responses apparently. And uh, Kayvon Woodard was one of them, and he was the best by far. And I thought he was just incredible in this in this episode. Just the emotions he was able to pull off, just showing everything that that you can't you can't put into words, but you can you, you can tell the emotions that he's that he's having throughout the episode. And his relationship with Ellie was amazing. Ellie just kind of understanding the 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 temperature of the room and, and realizing that that Sam just needs a friend at this moment, and she gets the job done. It's just there's so much that happens there's so much action there's so much emotion all wrapped into one episode it's just it's amazing i definitely agree with both of you guys uh when it came to this episode you know like i said before us being gamers uh we we know where the story is headed but 
again, you know, they, they take a different path to get to the same results. And I was like tearing up like this entire episode, like obviously knowing what's going to happen, but the way that this episode usually, you know, like Mike said, it's been kind of B for B up until episode three, but um, they actually, they also said this on the after show podcast. I haven't had a chance to finish it, but I'm about halfway through because like Devin said, it's an hour long, which what I was not expecting. I was trying to squeeze it in here before we started recording and I started watching heavy spoilers um, review as well. Um, but when it comes to this episode, there are a lot of video game Easter eggs that are in service to gamers, which is really nice. Um, when you have the, the two protectors, when it came to them finding the the underground, um, I guess you can say like n- not nursery, but um, the the underground like stronghold where um it, where a Secret lot of kids tunnel. <laughs> I hate you so much, Mike. <laughs> oh, I love Avatar: The Last Airbender. It is it's it applies even today. They, that show has aged like fine wine. <laughs> Shout out to my editor, Therese, because on my Collider article, I named that Easter egg Secret Tunnels, and she left it in. (laughs) Shout out to the editor. That's awesome. That is fantastic. It's like, what's this? It's like, people will know. (laughs) They'll know. They'll know. They'll know. What a tribe. It's fine. (laughs) But um, getting back to the episode, it was, yeah, it it put like this, this somber smile on my face because, you know, we, we get to see Ellie interact with someone else who is roughly around her age. Um, in the games, Sam and Ellie are, I think Sam is like 13 in the games and then Ellie's 14. Yeah. They're a year apart. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, it was nice to have that interactiveness, but it's, it's also a foil between Joel and Ellie. And then you have Sam and Henry, which I mean, they, they both killed it. Like I was so like, you know, obviously, you know, we have Nick Offerman playing his bell, but I was really interested to see um, who they're going to choose for Sam and Henry. And it just, it blew me away. Like I, this episode's like an hour long and you, you get to see this, this. There's a lot of action in this, um, in this episode, probably the most we've seen, but also, you know, with the change up with, with them being in Kansas and then Henry being like the most wanted man, they're giving more backstory to Sam and Henry because in the games, you know, you run into them, but they're, you know, trying to meet up with people um, at a radio tower and things kind of look up for a bit. You know, we have this this nice little four four man squad all together. You know, like they you know, you have you have Henry who knows everything about Kansas City and how everything is run and how this rebellion group overthrew Fedra, and it makes you wonder like what Fedra was necessarily doing. But it's it's always weird with Fedra because at one hand they did establish order after the outbreak and they did set up these QZ zones, but it's not as perfect as people were hoping. But then again, we have these rebellion groups who try to overthrow Fedra and it looks like as if nothing has changed, (laughs) especially with Kathleen's um, brother who we'll talk more about in spoilers, but 
yeah, overall, I want to stop ranting here because I can go all day, but I absolutely love this episode. Every single episode so far has been like just pretty much just perfect. But this one, I think, hits the hardest because it shows how far humanity has gone down this this hole or this point of no return because of the infected. And we haven't seen the infected in a while, but at least in, in hives. And we finally get to see, you know, it, it's a nice reminder like, hey, they're still here just because we haven't ran into them in a while. They are still here, but you know, the clickers and the infected altogether in the game, they are the obstacle, but they're still just as scary. No tendrils this episode, but we do get a little, uh, <laughs> a little mini, uh, infected person <laughs> running around, but we'll talk about that in spoilers. But I wanted to pass it back over to you guys. If there's anything else you wanted to talk about in our non spoiler section before we hit spoilers? Endure and survive. As far as non-spoilers, no, no. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to get into our spoiler section of The Last of Us, episode five, which is titled Endure and Survive, which has a stronger meaning than just the title of the show, which we'll get into in spoilers. So that is your first spoiler warning for episode five of The Last of Us again. That is your second spoiler warning for this episode. So if you have not seen it, definitely go watch it. Well, first, you need to get a box of tissues and then go watch it (laughs) because you're going to need it for sure. So we are finally in our spoiler section and where we last left off in episode four, we kind of see the lead up to how Sam and Henry meet up or run into Joel and Ellie. Um, we start to see this, you know, they're, they're on the run. They are the two or it's more so Henry, but you know, Sam's kind of like the, the indirect accomplice. Sam is um, definitely younger in the show than in the game, which is, I think a really cool decision to make. It gives Ellie kind of the insight into what it's like to be kind of a, a guardian or parent someone seeking and looking over and looking after someone that's reliant on them. It gives her that, that insight, which is really smart. That is true. And I love how I believe it was in the after show, like little snippet that they do towards the end of every episode where, when they decided to make Sam deaf, which is great for, you know, um, deaf representation. We've seen a lot of that within recent years, but overall, there hasn't been as many, but it's great that, you know, they, they saw an opportunity and they rolled with it and it worked out phenomenally. And I hope that, I believe his name is Kivan. Um, I believe, yeah. So I, I really hope that he, you know, is people see this and he starts getting, you know, in, into more roles because he was phenomenal. His sign language was like extremely fluid and I was very, very impressed with all of that. But we, um, <laughs> I think last week, I think Mike had said how Joel had like rolled over, like, um, to like his bad ear when it came to the, to the glass, um, situation. <laughs> and I, I thought it was pretty interesting just to kind of see it play out with Sam 
and Henry, where obviously, you know, since Sam's death, he doesn't realize how much noise he's making. And so it kind of adds that extra layer of protection where um, Henry has to like, obviously like Sam is his brother, but Henry has to take extra care of him, especially in this world because he is uh, put at a huge disadvantage, which, um, which adds an interesting layer. Let's take a quick break. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Yeah, for sure. And I just want to like highlight Lamar Johnson as Henry, right? Because he does a fantastic job here as well. Like you re- you instantly buy the relationship he has with his younger brother Sam. And I like how he he is serving as a protector, but he does tell Joel straight up, I've never heard anyone the closest I've ever come to was pointing a gun at Ellie's head like that same day. And so I th- I think that relationship a that- not loaded gun. A not loaded gun too, right? <laughs> yeah. But I think that relationship that he develops with, with Joel, I think is equally as interesting as Ellie's relationship with Sam. And that, it, that makes what happens at the end even so much more devastating because, again, as soon as Joel gets somewhat familiar or close to someone, tragedy strikes. Mm. And the same thing with Ellie. Like, Ellie, everyone she's come in contact with has has either died or suffered a great loss and it's like as as we move further along i think we're getting an idea of what loss actually is you know keep bringing up the (laughs) joke but i really love what they did with these characters and i again i really love what uh melanie lidsky did as kathleen right and seeing how that all kind of comes together the performances really land when it comes to these new characters that they introduced her and perry i think we're very fascinating antagonist. And I love how all of this, you, you start to see the bigger picture, right? Because in the game, Bill helps Joel and Ellie escape. They fight a bloater. Mm. Cool. That's a very video game trope where we run into a new NPC. They help us on our journey and we move on. But by not having Bill there and having the bloater moved here, it just makes it way more intense and chaotic. And it's not as gamey, right? Where every time we meet a new character, we end up in a new mission. It's we we just teaming up with Sam and Henry because we didn't have that interaction with Bill. And it makes it feel a little bit more organic. But that's just me. No, I I, I totally agree. Um when it comes to, you know, introducing the stages of the infected to a new audience through television. I think moving the bloater here was amazing. There was usually in the game when you kill a bloater, there's a reason why it's called a bloater. It explodes. <laughs> but there was a few nice touches when yeah. uh, the bloater kills Perry. He rips his head off the same way as if you get caught by a bloater. 
Um, the same thing happens in the game or half because it kind of you know cuts and it says, "Oh, you died," but you start to see the effect. Game over. Yeah, <laughs> wasted. <laughs> I, I love how I love how tall they made the bloater. He is just massive, massive sprinting. At how tall the bloater is was that was all um, practical, correct? There was someone actually in that suit. Yeah, his name is Adam Basil. He was also he was also in Beauty and the Beast, The Northman, and Venom. Let there be carnage. Looks like he was playing playing motion capture for Venom. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> That's that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. To your point, um, like I I think moving the bloater here because it just adds an extra level of you know, oh, there's a new type of infected out there. It's like, you know, they're, they come up from the ground and just like in hives, but then which Kathleen and her um, team or the rebels have kind of failed to, um, to attend to because there was really more Fedra driving them underground. But when, when you see the bloater just coming out and then it's like, oh my gosh, you know, there's infected, but then there's, something else that is just as scary but in a way it is terrifying like it's more terrifying because that, that slow motion just, shot was just so cool yeah I mean, it's like yeah. no one knows what to do like everyone's just shooting at this thing hoping it'll die and it's this you know this thick skin someone who's been infected for a very long time and you start to see how like like Devin said, they move super fast, which is still insane to me. And it's 10 times scarier in the game because, you know, you, you have to fight these things. And don't even get me started on part two. But I'm like, oh, that's all I'm going to say about part two. <laughs> but, um, yeah, when yeah. it comes to the bloaters, it is, wow. Like, I, job job well done introducing all of that. And also with the, um, I wanted to bring up, I find it was interesting that obviously in the game, we never really got to see um, kids that were infected prior to what happened to Sam. Cause the only real infected kid that we see in the video game is yeah, we've definitely when, never seen a, a kid clicker before. Like that's yeah. insane. That was <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Story time. That is one of the not finished effects from my screener. And I'm like, I couldn't tell if that scene was supposed to be funny or tragic because it was just this weird little child devil that just attacks oh, Kathleen. No. And I'm just like, was this was her death supposed to be played for laughs or was it supposed to be scary? And so seeing the finished product is definitely supposed to be scary. <laughs> but like <laughs> the the not finished CG and like the movements were very jank. It, it very it felt like, oh, yeah, this is the last of us on PS1. And <laughs> yeah, that was a very funny experience. <laughs> I know what you mean by like unfinished effects. When I was sent the uh, Raised by Wolves season two screeners and they had put like a big disclaimer saying that not all effects were finished. It, it made the show that much funnier because you actually got to see that like a lot of the special effects were not finished, but I had to like like you had to go back and rewatch the episode once those effects were completed and it just made me chuckle because it it just looks so funny. Like I know obviously you know they're still working on it but yeah I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> 
the the idea of, of a kid clicker is, is also just so like sad because how how long does it take before you become a clicker is it one year um i guess in the in the show they they did have that well they had the chart of how fast or how long it takes for someone to become infected but yeah it would you would be a you know you'll be infected that would turn you into a runner i believe it was and then there's like a stage between clicker and runner i think it was and then after clicker it's bloater stalker yeah, that, that's what it was. Yeah, so it would be you're infected, then you turn into a runner, stalker, clicker. But just to think, this, this kid was so young and then became infected, and then she's even to this point where she's a clicker. And they did a very good job. Of, I think she was like a professional gymnast, just the way she was able to move around all creepily. <laughs> <laughs> she was Spider-Manning everywhere. Yes. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. In the game, yeah, Devin's right. You become a clicker after a year. In the show, the timetable of everything was accelerated because you get infected and you like immediately turn into a, a runner after like a day. So but so a clicker, there's no official timetable, but that's probably like a month or two with how fast mm. they're turning in the in the show. So yeah. yeah. Mm, okay. Makes sense. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That that was uh whew. I, I was I think I was more afraid of that child clicker than I was a bloater. I was like, this is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is not fun whatsoever. That that bloater sure didn't look fun when he when he took our buddy Perry's head off. <sighs> R.I.P. Dude, I was like Tommy man. slash I'm, I'm, Perry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that they they showed him his head being ripped off. But it was more so in in the background, but it was still a nice you know touch of detail. It, uh, apparently craig mason um originally wanted to be like uh, a split like completely in half from like the waist that was the original one they tried but it mm. just didn't really come off right like wasn't very realistic i guess no you got to give the bloaters their um their their, their credit where where credit is due that's, that's their signature style you know <laughs> it's ripping yeah. off people's <laughs> their their jaws to their oof I, I can't even think about it. <laughs> it is crazy. But I wanted to actually talk about the just the title of the episode, which is Endorse, Endure and Survive, which is from the comic. I believe the the name of the entire comic was Savage Starlight, or is that the name of the issue? I can't remember. That's the That's comic. That's the comic, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. So I, I love how, you know, you have Sam... And Ellie, obviously they're bonding, but they're bonding over comic books. And that is a big part of Ellie's character in the game, which, of course, you know, shows up here in the show, much like her pun book. And I like how they were able to bond over that by talking about, oh, like, which issues do you have? And it's not necessarily like they can just go to a comic book store or go to, like, a toy store like they did in the game. But, you know, Sam doesn't have the uh, the robots altogether uh, that happens in the game versus what he uses to communicate and the things that he brings with you. Cause I believe Henry in the game, it said, you know, we only take what we need. And then, you know, Sam's kind of super bummed about it. And then Ellie grabs a robot for Sam in the game, but it, it was played out. It, it was more fleshed out in the, in the, in this, uh, in the series when they were just able to bond and, have a little bit of familiarity before Sam gets bitten during that entire sequence. And that's another big change where 
Sam doesn't tell anyone that he was bitten on the leg in the game, but he opens up to Ellie because Sam feels comfortable around him. And another change is when Ellie tries to heal um, Sam or try, you know, try to uh, reverse the effect because she says like, my blood is medicine. And I thought that was very powerful because Ellie's like, Oh, I have a chance to help someone who is younger than me. And, you know, she wants to see what she can do to see if this works. We all knew it wasn't going to, but it was a very nice gesture. And then Sam asking Ellie to stay awake with him as he turns. And it just, I can't even talk about it. It was crazy. Pain. (laughs) Just pain. (laughs) I I think like Ellie cutting her hand, right? And and trying, like it, it goes all the way back to episode two where Tess says, save who you can save. And we've talked about how Joel might take that to heart, but also how that affects Ellie as well, right? Because she sees all of this. And all mm. of this is just to get her to the Fireflies and to, and to find Tommy. We know Joel's really just trying to find Tommy. <laughs> but, like, she, she's seeing how far the world has gone and what these monsters look like. Like, especially after seeing that little kid and the bloater the, that same night. Now knowing what can potentially happen to Sam, I'm sure, you know, that that's really going to affect her moving forward. And it it makes that moment even more heartbreaking because it now also plants a seed of doubt, right? Like, will this actually work? Will they be able to make some sort of cure, some sort of vaccine from her blood? Or is she just a special case, you know? So, yeah. It adds a lot. There's a lot of nuance and detail in in those final moments with her and Sam. And, you know, just making him younger, I think, really drives home how heartbreaking that is. Because he's Mm -hmm. like, what? He's like, what? Nine, ten, maybe? Eight. He's like eight years old in the show. Yeah. That's brutal. It It, it just hurts so much. It does. I mean, I and I think Mike brings up another excellent point where it's, you know, obviously us knowing where the story goes, but... It's also, like you said, is is Ellie just a special case um, when it comes to this world? It's just her genetic makeup, and she just is is immune. But we won't know until later on. So we have, I think, four more episodes left altogether, because uh, it's nine episodes, correct, Mike? I believe so. Mr. Uh, Soothsayer yeah. over there. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they may give us an extra episode like The Sandman. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have yet to watch that as well. I need to watch it. I My backlog for everything, it's just been messed up lately. <laughs> but I think I can probably uh, get that through this weekend. But it depends on how much uh, you know time I spend with my new, my new mites in Hogwarts Legacy. But... <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to open it up to you guys. Was there anything else you wanted to mention in our spoiler section before we get into our final thoughts and our ratings? I wanted to go back to that scene between um, Ellie and Sam in the bedroom. It's it's definitely the most heartbreaking because um, it's actually the, the part where Troy Baker just kind of got choked up and was breaking down in the podcast when he was talking about it. Because Sam asked Ellie, um, when he turned into a monster, is it still you inside? Which is just first of all, it's just 
an amazing question that kind of just exemplifies the entire show and, and all the questions they're answering. They're asking about like Joel and all these people who, who have to do these monstrous things. Um, is it still them inside or did someone else take over? But then um, the next morning when they wake up and Ellie asks Sam or like says his name and he doesn't react kind of just showing that it is still him inside because he didn't hear that, which is really, really beautiful way of showing that and heartbreaking in the same time because he's just a kid in there and he is now turned into this monster and there's nothing he can do about it. And he attacks her and that's when the, the madness ensues and, and then um, Henry has to make the terrible decision to kill Sam himself before anyone else does, just like in the game. And then he turns yeah. the pistol onto himself, and it it hurts just as much. Yeah, it, it, especially when that's playing out. Um, I think Devin brings up a good point. When after Sam asks Ellie to uh, stay awake with him, when she you know dozes off because this is like the second time she's dozed off in the <laughs> in the entire series. She's a, she's a very sleepy person. Um, <laughs> but you see, Sam is um, you know he's he's on the other side of the bed. And looking out the window. So, yeah, there's definitely, at least during his, the manifestation of like the infected, there was definitely a part of Sam that was still in there. And him probably just saying, hey, I need to be as far away from Ellie as I possibly can. She does, she, she says that her blood is medicine, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he kind of picks up the fact that she was immune. But like in the game, it's, you know, he's like standing up, he he has the toy and, you know, he's foaming and stuff, attacks Ellie the same way. But when it plays out in the game, it, I mean, it's a little bit longer of a thing. Cause I think Joel goes to attack Sam in the game from what I remember when, when I was uh, replaying yeah. it through then. Yeah. There's a bit of a back and forth, but here it's just more. You know, we're just going to let it, you know, slide down and let the events take place. It was pretty similar, actually, the the, the two scenes where mm-hmm. um, jo- Joel pulls out his gun, but then Lamar, or not Lamar, sorry, that's the actor's name, but Henry um, yeah. shoots in front of Joel to make him, to stop him from doing anything. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. I, I love how we have two versions of how things play out. Like, obviously, for the video game, that's... It's, you know, it's separate. That is its own thing. But I really love how they're able to make everything feel familiar for gamers while also giving them something a little bit different in how things play out. Because if you just play out, you know, like motion for motion, beat for beat from the video game to the TV show. And I think I said this a few weeks back, that's not giving the actor any real creative freedom as to be like, oh, well, you know, this is how it's done in the game, but how would I do it for a different type of medium? Which I thought was a, uh, it's, yeah. it's always just like, nice just like Troy Baker said in the beginning, it's, it's evolution, not ad- adaptation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to be coining that for the gaming evolution. <laughs> I, I also wanted to ask, I also wanted to ask one more thing. Um, this is the part where, where Eric Voss started to tear up a little bit too. You could tell in his voice, but when um they make the they when they do the burials and then Ellie puts his um his writing um I guess it's a toy, his writing toy on top and it says, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know who, who you guys think wrote that. Was it um Sam or was it Ellie? I mean it's it's heartbreaking mm-hmm. either way. Like it it's completely devastating either way, but 
it's just oh it's just so sad to think about i'm pretty sure it was ellie right because she did like the same night she did try to cure him right and so like she was really hoping that would work that's how i at least took it and it Mm -hmm. clearly didn't and so i feel like that's her saying i'm sorry to sam not the other way around you could also take it as as sam saying i'm sorry for about to being about to turn into a monster i could yeah i I could definitely see both sides i think i think it was ellie but more so because she does unfortunately fail and you know falls asleep um to sam's transformation but honestly i think it could it can go either way but i think it would be ellie just because um but i, I don't know that, that's that's a very interesting question i think that's that either way it was just up. so heartbreaking to to, to yeah. see that and then she also she also like tied up the pen part so that no one else can write on it oh yeah 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 i've i've seen those uh devices before when i was like younger it's kind of like uh I forgot the name of it but i've definitely seen those used before and i thought that was nice to give him that tool where it's like, Oh, you know, he can just, you know, kind of rip it up and, or, um, you know, re refresh it as you could say in, in it terms altogether. <laughs> but yeah, let's get into our final thoughts um, and our ratings here really quick. Um, Mike, what are your th- final thoughts and ratings about this episode or just final thoughts, honestly? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, if it's a rating, it's a 10 out of 10. Perfect. <laughs> uh, I'm ready to get hurt again next week to quote Michael Scott. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is, this is a great episode. All the actors are great. I really loved Sam and Henry. Uh, those two actors were phenomenal. I thought Mm -hmm. the addition of some of the elements from like the ish storyline, which is like a side collection thing from the video games played for a really nice lore backdrop. Once we see where the infected come from, right? Because if you played the games and you got the collectibles and you read those letters, because it's not really a story beat in the game. But if you read those letters, it's telling you the story of this man named Ish who created a safe haven in these tunnels and they eventually were able to push the, keep the infected away. But someone leaves the door open and Joel even acknowledges it by reading the rules on the wall. He's like, well, someone failed to follow all the rules. And an infected gets in and wastes the entire underground community. And so seeing them all emerge, I thought was a really nice touch because that is a game reference even though the yeah. game itself never shows that happening. Yeah. And so that to me is why this is a perfect evolution, as Troy Baker would say, <laughs> because all of this is still within The Last of Us video game, but they're able to use it narratively to make it shine here in this new form of storytelling. So love this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well but thank you for that explanation as well, because yeah, I oh yeah, that ish storyline. It's it's like it like you said, it's something you have to kind of like look for in the game. Um, you know, and when it comes to, you know, video games, it's you know, it's the gameplay that keeps the player busy. But you know, if th- there are gamers who, you know, want to learn more about those worlds, it's like if you're playing like uh Bloodborne or like Elden Ring, like those there's a story <laughs> there for sure for those games, but it's up to the player to go out of their way to look for more clues and just to be, you know, more immersed in that world. But yeah, Devin, what are your final thoughts on the last of us episode five? Yeah, I loved it. Like everything Mike said, it's just an amazing episode. I was kind of thinking about possibly one, one thing I 
Um, one negative I was possibly thinking about this was the Kathleen and Perry storyline being so short. What was it like mm. a two episode arc for them? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. But, but then, but then the more I think about it, it's it's just kind of shows that this show is really keeping everything like tight and concise. Like they're not going to be dragging on for ten seasons like The Walking Dead did. Like they know mm. the story they're going to tell. They have the games to follow, and they they will be following them, and then adding more to it as needed. And and these kind of short one episode, two episode arcs for these characters, it's just kind of working perfectly for this world because it is a cruel world, and and people die left and right, and that's just how it goes. And um, yeah, I'd say this is definitely a, a a perfect episode up there with episode three for best of the season so far, um, neck and neck, I'd say. And um, yeah, it's it's a great show so far. Yeah, uh, I pretty much echo everything you guys are saying. It's it's been a wonderful ride so far. Um, you know, it's very rare when we get um, a a show or just another property that's either adapted from and or based off of a video game where it just takes everyone uh, by surprise. Um, you know, we have like Cyberpunk Edge Runners, and then um, of course you have. Arcane, which Devin still needs to watch, but hey, you know, it is what it is. I keep telling him it is Henry Cavill approved. Someone reg- it was he was Henry Cavill was um interviewing with this one guy from like the B- BBC and he had mentioned it saying, Oh, you should watch Arcane. And the next time they interview with each other, he asked him if he watched it, and Henry Cavill loved it. So it is Arcane is Henry Cavill approved. So if you haven't here's, watched it, here's what Devin needs to do. Watch it when season two gets announced. How about that? You know, when we get season two, then yeah, maybe some motivation it. would help. <laughs> hey, I know the game is. Hey, I'm not a big MOBA gamer myself. I the when it comes to League of Legends, it, it's just not my thing. But man, if that story isn't like some of the best I've seen based off of a video game. Like it's, I mean, for me, it's definitely up there with with The Last of Us, like one hundred percent. Like if if I were to recommend two, it would be The Last of Us and then Arcane, maybe Cyberpunk Edge Runners if if you're into like the anim- the the more animated style thing. But I digress. Yeah, uh, this episode is perfect. Cuphead. Oh yeah, Cuphead's a good one too. I forgot about that. <laughs> Honestly, um, Devin's a big fan of uh, the Tomb Raider uh, movie from last time he had told me. So I've never seen it. No, like, I, I, think it was, I think it was forgettable. It was just average. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, I, it was, I love, it I love was, the games, but yeah. Oh, you know, maybe that's what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. It's been a long day. <laughs> it's only one o'clock here. Um, but yeah, with all that said, that concludes our, the last of us episode five review. Again, that is titled Endure and Survive. So if you haven't watched it, definitely go watch it um, before the Super Bowl and just just have a good time with it all together. But I'm going to pass it back over to Mike so he can let everyone know what is coming up on his channel and where you can find him on the Internet. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was a fantastic conversation. Uh, This is a busy week. It's Super Bowl week. Fly equals fly, right? We'll see what's going to happen. Um, but oh boy, <laughs> on the chatter after we're covering The Last of Us on Beyond the Clickers, that's going to be on Wednesday because the Super Bowl has shifted everything and Brandon can't do weekends, so it's going to be a later recording live stream. Make sure you're there, eight thirty. Um, 
Tuesday, we're going to be live again, reacting to all of the Super Bowl trailers that we're going to be getting. So make sure you stop by, join us. We can watch them together. Brandon's username on all social media platforms is the Scarlet Fan. That's how big of a Flash fan he is. We'll see if he's heartbroken seeing whatever this trailer is going to look like for the Super Bowl. So that's going to oh, be Oh, we're fun. getting that during the Super Bowl. Okay, okay. That's yeah. right. I forgot about that. The, we're going to get our first look at Batman Returns again. That's what I call this Flash movie because it's we're just here for Michael Keaton at this point. But I digress. <laughs> yeah, but <you're laughs> if he's even back. in it, who knows? <laughs> if he's in it, right? Like it, it changes so much. Then on the Amateur Otaku, we've got some coverage from Anime Milwaukee, some interviews with the cast of Attack on Titan. So stay tuned for that. That's a fun one. Also, uh, I think we're talking Tomochan is a girl and My Hero Academia this week. We just got into the dark Deku arc. So that's going to be fun. <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> Sounds interesting, man. Definitely keep a lookout for all of Mike's endeavors, future endeavors that are coming up on, on his channels. All of his social links will be will, can be found in the episode notes of this episode, as well as every other episode of The Last of Us that he has joined us with on a weekly basis. So um, that is a wrap on today's episode for us. And if you like what you heard on today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Film Optics. That is Optics with an X to stay in the know. And you can always share an episode of our podcast with a friend, whether it be your mother, your brother, or your significant other. Make sure to share an episode of the Film Optics Podcast, What the Movie Lover in Need. And really quick, let's take a sneak peek at what's coming up on the show. So what we have on deck, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm all steam decked up. Um, you can Ooh. look <laughs> You can look forward to our Ant-Man Quantum Mania review. We'll be dropping the week of uh, the week of Valentine or February the week of February 13th and then we're also going to be covering Cocaine Bear later on in the month of February and for what's out right now you can check out our episode 1 through 4 of The Last of Us that we covered on a weekly basis you can also check out our Knock at the Cabin review as well as our That 90s show and our Velma review that I did, which was a solo episode on my side, had to say my piece with that and, you know, move on, but definitely check it out if you are interested in any of those episodes. So again, thank you all for listening. And remember, if you enjoy the show, leave us a five-star rating review on Apple podcasts and Spotify and follow us on Twitter and Instagram to stay in the know. That was Devin Mike signing off and we'll see you guys in the next one. And remember, to endure and survive.